agency after the color of the walls in their office, and not using their Jewish names on their masthead. Thus, gray advertising was born. Then, in the mid-1950s, a Jewish advertising agency broke through the ethnic barrier. Doyle Dane Burback's campaign for advertisers like Volkswagen, Think Small, Lemon, and Levy's Bread, You Don't Have to Be Jewish to Love Levy's, changed the advertising business. Doyle Dane Burnback made distinctive advertising that had attitude and respected the consumer's intelligence. They sold products with ads that had humor, bold language, and layouts with sharp, clean, and stylish design. It opened the door for a totally new kind of madman. By 1961, when I got my first copywriting job, my kind were suddenly in demand. The creative revolution had begun. Advertising had turned into a business dominated by young, funny Jewish copywriters and tough, sometimes violent, Greek and Italian art directors. The original madmen did not give up without a fight. I once attended an advertising conference held at the Greenbrier Hotel in 1968. The dean of the original madmen, the great David Ogilvy, was the keynote speaker. The subject of his speech was the new creative revolution in advertising. Ogilvy knew his audience was mostly made up of desperate men who were trapped in agencies that were losing accounts to young, upstart ethnic agencies. Ogilvy lashed out and declared, I say the lunatics have taken over the asylum. The audience rose and gave that fighting line a standing ovation. I stood up and was clapping as loudly as the next man when I suddenly thought to myself, what are you clapping about? He's talking about you. It was a wonderful asylum. We were wild. We made the antics depicted on every episode of Mad Men look like Rebecca of Sunnybrook Farm. Our little agency was permanently filled with the sweet smell of burning cannabis. Life was easy back in the days before human resource departments controlled business, and someone decided we all should be politically correct. Everyone smoked. I had a a four-pack-a-day habit. Everyone drank martinis. I had many a three-martini lunch. And everyone screwed around. In the business world of the 1950s and early 60s, sex was a forbidden subject. Everybody did it, and no one talked about it. But by 1965, the sexual revolution was on, and the advertising business went wild. I encouraged it at my agency, because nothing got creative people to come in early and leave late better than the prospect of sexual adventure. In 1967, when I opened my ad agency, Jerry Delafamina and Partners, a group of us started an agency sex contest. For more than 25 years, one week at the end of every year was devoted to Animal House-like antics. This was, until today, the best-kept secret in advertising. Thousands of people took part in the agency sex contest. The contest had everyone in the agency voting anonymously on paper ballots for the three people they most wanted to go to bed with. They were also asked to vote on the person of the same sex they would consider going to bed with. And, of course, there was the menage a trois category, in which they selected the two other people they wanted to go to bed with. Sometimes as many as 300 votes were cast. For one week, the walls of the agency were covered with posters made by people who were campaigning for themselves. One very shy girl in accounting got into the spirit of the contest 
Xeroxed her breasts and hung pictures of them on the walls. Another young account executive had as her slogan, Vote for Amanda, not her real name. Like Bloomingdale's, I'm open after nine every night. One very attractive female executive had a sexy picture of herself that she sneaked into the agency's men's room and put up on the wall that a man would be facing. The caption under her provocative photo read, Can I help you with that? This almost caused a disaster when a rather priggish client called and said he was on his way to visit the agency. In the hour before he arrived, we feverishly took down every campaign ad. Then, in the course of the meeting, the man excused himself to go to the men's room. After a few minutes, I let out a scream. We had forgotten to take the campaign posters off the men's bathroom wall. The client returned ashen-faced. He never said a word about the signs.